G'day, people. Welcome back to episode 13 of the Cat's Eye podcast. Uh, this is round two because Jalen had a coughing attack and was dying. I'm back now, though. Um, he is unfortunately back. But, uh, Jay, how's life? What's going on? Um, obviously, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. We've both been busy. Uh, you've been on the road, and uh, you know I've been busy with play-by-play, doing PA, uh, enjoying a little bit of the offseason, getting some time away from football and from life and just kind of enjoying. I've been watching a lot of college basketball, so uh, mm-hmm. it's been pretty interesting. I've watched you all a couple games. Uh, UTIP, I got to do the Western Kentucky play-by-play game, and then uh, I got a win against Mexico and Coach uh, Coach Hooten again. And that was exciting. So yeah. I've won four in a row, right? Uh, yeah, our last loss would have been FIU. Yeah. Because we've lost. Oh, Jackson, Jackson Jack State. Jackson State, that's right. February 8th. Um, so yeah, come off a, a good road, uh, all the way out into West Texas, El Paso and Las Cruces. That was a good trip. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. Very, very, I love the, uh, good scenery. Yeah. Very good scenery. Um, wouldn't be a bad place to live in El Paso. I, I would say. Uh, I don't know about all that. Um, they're, really? a, they're a mountain time. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So you got three more big games, uh, can't afford to drop any of them. Um, and it's looking like most likely it's going to be whoever uh, wins at La Tech between us and them mm. will finish first in the regular season. So that would be a big game, I'm sure. That will probably get picked up by maybe a broadcasting company, maybe CBS or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's already scheduled for CBS. Sports. Oh, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. So next, next <clears throat> Thursday. So that's exciting for y'all. So I'm a truth teller. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So exciting. I mean, uh, obviously, it's pretty quick that the season's come to an end already. But I mean, mentally and physically, you're kind of ready for it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can make it all the way into the NCA uh, tournament. Obviously, uh, you might see in an, a bit of an extra. Colin, uh, producer, came on and uh, talked that we projected to be the fifteenth pick, uh, fifteen seed. Sorry, and play Marquette. Yeah, which is uh, I think they're top twelve in the country right now. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a great challenge for y'all. You know, I'm excited for y'all. Y'all been doing some good things this year. Uh, you got Middle Tennessee on Saturday. You know, what's, yep. I'm doing play. I play for the game. So, what's some things you know I could learn? I could expect from them. Uh, they are in very good form right now. Um, they, you'll see, they are a lot better team than they should be or their records say. Mm. Um, they've got some really. Their, their center, the starting center, Coleman Jones, he's really good. He's been shooting really well from three. Uh, I think his last five games, he's nine of five, uh, 15, mm-hmm. um, which is 40-something percent. Uh, obviously, Justin Porter, you said, was a Houston native. Yeah. Um, he's been playing really well. Uh, and they had some guys uh, really kind of pick it up. They've had uh, one of the, uh, Burford, I think his name is. He shot 45% from three last year, and he's he's currently shooting like – 15% from three. He's been struggling, but he's a heck of a player. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of more of, we know Justin Porter's going to get his. Um, so it's kind of like, just can't let anybody else affect the game. Because, I mean, Justin Porter's an all-league type of guy. Yeah, definitely. So um, he's going to impact the game somehow. So if you can just limit everybody else then and make it a one-man job, we should be able to win. So, uh, yeah. What about you? I know, obviously, you broadcasted um, – Talk about some of the new hires in the the football office. Yeah, uh, with football, you know, we hired the new linebacker coach who just came out, Reggie Johnson. He's been super cool. The meetings with him are hilarious. He's he's, he's the one from um, Missouri State. Yeah, Missouri State. Yeah, he okay. played uh, he played college ball at Louisville and mm-hmm. then uh, coached at Missouri State most recently. Coached at Purdue and Louisville 
before too. So he's got pretty good knowledge, and he's been in the game. He's played the position, so he kind of knows what he's talking about. So I'm definitely glad to have him. He's been nothing but a blessing so far. He knows his X's and O's, and he knows how to take care of his players. Uh, we got a DB co- new DB coach, Julian Wilson. We hired a new O-line coach. I saw that. He's got a crazy mustache. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, Banks like a chin strap. Yeah. Michael, uh, <laughs> pretty knowledge yeah so it's uh good to have these guys on and it's good to have new coaches on board fresh faces we got spring ball starting in uh i think what two three weeks so we're excited about that we're everybody's kind of getting to learn their system you know bringing in new coaches yeah. for defense especially you got to learn new system it's nothing really new because you everybody runs the same stuff but just different yeah. terminology and like different ways to play stuff so it's yeah. a pretty interesting and i've been enjoying it so with that with, with all your meetings that you've had recently is that Majority of just trying to learn the new jargon and like the new maybe the different type of schemes. Yeah, and stuff. definitely hundred percent. Just because, we, like I said, we did a lot of same stuff last year. Just you know, just the verbiage wise, and you know, being mm-hmm. on the right page and saying uh, the correct things. You know, that's always a challenge, and that takes a little bit while to learn. And you got to get comfortable with your saying, so you say it with confidence. I or something my old coach used to say: volume reflects confidence. So when you know what you're talking about and know what you're saying, then you know the volume will reflect the confidence. In my opinion, yeah. What one of the things that was really surprising is our own Trevor Williams not getting an uh, NFL uh, combine invite. Yeah, Pretty man, crazy. that is crazy, especially, you know, guy who led the country in tackles last year. You know, you would think he would get some looks. You know, obviously him being undersized is a kind of an issue. To maybe some scouts think it's an issue, but the guy can play. And, you know, I've, I can vouch for him. I've played most many most tackles in FBS, and yeah. he can't get an invite. Crazy, yeah. The crazy. Guy, the guy what more does he have to do? That one, yeah. So... Man, but I know Trevor, he's a hard worker. He's going to just keep his head down. He's going to keep yeah. working. You know, our pro day is uh, March 19th, so. He'll have he'll have everybody watching him. Yeah, Got a, we'll have a lot of scouts like here, and hopefully they'll get to check him out and see that he can play at the next level. But So um, with pro days, uh, obviously it's just a combine at the school. Do uh, Does all the seniors or the guys that are entering the draft do it in that one day, or is it that guys have time slots so uh, people that want to say, like, if I'm an NFL scout and I want to see you, I'm going to come at 2 o'clock because that's when you are doing your stuff. No, yeah, usually everybody goes and does stuff at the same time. So everybody will start in the weight room and they'll do their height and weight and then they'll do uh, the vertical and then bench press and they'll get that all taken care of. And then they'll go outside and then they'll run a 40, they'll do the five ten five, and then they'll have different drills that coaches put them through so they can show, like, uh, you know, their footwork, how quick twitch they are. You know, quarterbacks, you know, it's their velocity on the ball, you know, if they can make all the – NFL throws, they should say. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a good opportunity if, you, uh, if you're if you really good at testing and doing stuff like that. I think it definitely can show how you can be a good ball player. How much, in your opinion, does combine testing actually go into becoming a good NFL player? Um, it's kind of 50-50. You know, obviously, yeah. you know, testing stuff doesn't all matter. It's good to see numbers and stuff like that. But, you know, it's about what you can do in the field. You know, I was watching a video and it had like the – 10 fastest guys who ran a 40 and like almost none of them like panned out in the NFL or like didn't last that long. You know, Chris Johnson, that's the only one, but most people, you know, they, a lot of people that can test good can't always play on the football field. So obviously there is some things that, you know, can translate and they can see your athleticism, your explosiveness and all of that. But just, that's not the end all be all, you know, it's yeah. about what you can do on the field and on the court. Yeah. Cause I actually watched, um, on the bus traveling the other mm-hmm. day, I actually watched a video on YouTube about um, some of the most like freakish performances at the combine, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was like 
Third was Lane Johnson. Mm-hmm. And like he's obviously uh, converted from tight end to offensive lineman, plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a heck of a player. So he's obviously done well for himself. And then um, the two guys ahead of him, I like, I'd never heard of. Uh-huh. Um, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember their names. Um, and um, like one of them, I know the number one dude, he had, um, I think he, he played at Georgia Southern. He was a running back uh-huh. and he was like projected to be fifth round, sixth round at best. And he went to the combine and he just like did like 90th percentile in every event. And like that just skyrocketed in, uh, him into uh, becoming like a third round draft pick. And then obviously I don't think he panned out. And then the stat said it was like of like the top uh, since like, I think it was 99 is when they started measuring combines and like mm-hmm. filming it. It was like uh, since 99, like of the top 50 freakish performances all around by players, like only eight of them have turned like pro bowlers. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting to see how like, cause you think like all these drills and stuff is, can only do so much, but when you line up against another man and have to best him and be better than him, it's a whole different ball game. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely execution wise and all that. How does a, uh, you know how the basketball combines work in the NBA combines? Uh, like, I mean, they have NBA combines and G league combines, but it's not really, uh, it's not as weighted as heavily as the NFL. Uh-huh, um, okay. I think it's a lot. Um, a film is obviously the biggest thing. And then obviously you'll have pre-draft workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get scheduled with teams that like, I want to draft you. So I want to bring you and see how, and I might put you through some drills to be like, okay, like we are questioning whether you are able to shoot off the dribble um, like we need you to. And we'll put you some through some drills to see, okay, like he actually can make that shot uh, consistently. So I think that's what's more weighted than the combine, like um, how fast you run and all that. I think the only thing that really matters is measurements. So I think it's like wingspan, hand size, and yeah. uh, how tall you are is kind of like the, th- the three that go into most consideration. Yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, a big thing for NFL combine as well, that they should really more focus on the measurements and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, the things you've seen on tape is what the player is and what they're probably going to be, you know, Obviously, it's good to see athleticism and different abilities like that, but those aren't the end-all, be-all when it comes to having a successful draft pick. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I'm definitely going to have to tune in more into the NFL Combine because I am interested to see because, I mean, some of those dudes are freak athletes. Yeah, man. Like I saw – um. What's his name? Uh, the dude played at Huntsville High School, plays for Texas. Uh, Sweat. Andre Sweat, yep. He was a Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and he was 40 uh, – was, I think it was like a five-second, five five – Point two seconds, but this dude's like three hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, so that's guy. like athletic. Yeah, I, they they put the little uh, side by frame side side by side frame with him running with Patrick Mahomes forty, and he was like just chasing him. And I was like, it was, just, it was funny <laughs> to me. Yeah. Well, in other news, uh, obviously baseball's off to a hot start. Baseball's been killing it, man. Seven and two so far. Uh, got a they won their first series in Oklahoma State. That was a good uh good way to start the year. You no know, Oklahoma State being one of the top teams in the country. Uh, had a couple had a loss to Oklahoma State in the last game and lost to Rice, but since then they've won four five in a row actually. Uh, got a game here on Friday against St. John's. They got a whole Saturday, series, Sunday. right? Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against St. John's. So you know if you are in Huntsville, you definitely check them out. You know I think this team has a good chance to compete for conference. Obviously, there's teams like DBU and Liberty who have good baseball programs, but 
you know, I think that we know what we're doing over here, and we've done a great job with Coach Ariani and the guys. Yeah, I'm being uh, able to go to a couple games, um, and they, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you if I'm watching quality baseball, <laughs> but everyone around me is telling me that. So, um, obviously, our guy Colton Atkinson got um, a conference player of the week the other mm-hmm. week. Um, so, big shout out to him. He's doing big things out there. So. Uh, I'm very interesting to see that they're, they're projected to be one of the uh, better teams. I think in some people's rankings and some websites, analytics, we're considered a top 25 team in the country. We haven't officially broken it into yet. But um, yeah, I think uh, for, for those that can make it out to a game, it's it's high quality. I know softball, they just season, got their season started. I know mm-hmm. they couldn't play a couple games because it rained out. Yeah, uh, I think it was the Wichita State UNLV series. They yep, lost I a couple games. But uh, they're currently six and nine. Um I think we might be commentating a softball game in a couple weeks. Yeah, so uh, might be tuned in for the Cat's Eye Podcast. We'll be live at softball or baseball game. One of two. Maybe, maybe, bo- maybe both. both. Hopefully both. Maybe we'll get to do both and, you know, we'll get a little commentary. Maybe talk, get talk to some players Let, on the field. Let's everything. just say there won't be much insight into the game, but it'll be great vibes. I know what I'm talking about, a little bit of baseball. So I guess softball and baseball are kind of similar. There's a little bit of differences, but I have a decent knowledge to know what's going on. Yeah, so. Uh, kind of like cricket. They just came off. They um, were very competitive with uh, number 21, Texas A&M. Mm. Uh, so, obviously, that's a good uh, – see, at Texas A&M, number 21 in the country. So, they, they'll hold, uh, obviously, they lost, but they hold their own. Uh, they got an uh, upcoming series with Abilene Christian in Huntsville. Um, and then after that, they play number 10, Baylor, which yep. is going to be uh, – they actually played – I was uh, – a couple months ago, they played like a warm-up game against Baylor. And I was actually managed to catch that game, and they were pretty competitive that game. So, who knows, maybe we might be able to sneak a few wins in there. But, uh, yeah, and then after that, starting to get into conference and all that. So, um, hopefully, the girls, you know, pick it up and uh, start to make a surge for it. But we'll, we'll definitely try to get a couple games, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll let it go out there and support the other athletes and everything going on. You know, this is the Athletes Podcast, so we want to sure. show love to as many athletes as we can. Yeah, but uh, anyway, stick around. we got a big guest. we got a, a pole vaulter and Bailey Cotton. Uh, she's going to educate us, hopefully, on what it's like to be a pole vaulter because we have no idea. Um, so stick around and we'll be back after the break. Hey, Bearcat fans, if you're looking to keep up with the Cats, be sure and head to the Apple Store and download the all-new Bearcat Sports app. It is your one place to stay in touch with Bearcat Athletics, including game recaps, highlights, and live audio streaming of Sam Houston football and basketball. It is also a spot to be able to listen to your favorite Sam Houston podcast, including BSN Extra and the new Players Only Cat's Eye podcast. Check it out in the App Store. Search for Bearcat Sports. Eat them up, cats. Welcome back to the Cat's Eye Podcast, everybody. We got a special guest joining us today. We got Bailey Cotton, pole vaulter, track and field here at St. Mason State. Bailey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you all? Bailey, I'm good. It's good <laughs> to get good? to yeah, good to see you. Good to have you. We, you too. Yeah, we were supposed to do this yesterday, but you know we had some difficulties. So but it's good to have you on, and we're glad that you came. Uh, Bailey, you want you want to tell the audience you know who you are, where you come from, uh, just give a little background on your story. Yeah, my name is Bailey Cotton. Uh, I'm a senior. I'm double majoring in nursing and public health. I'm from the Woodlands. And yeah, I've been pole vaulting. This is my 10th year, so I've been doing it for a decade. Wow. 
yeah, Paul Walter yeah. for so years. from the Woodlands. That's mm. a lot to oh, there's a lot to break down in there. So yeah. double majoring mm-hmm. in public health and nursing. What, what's the plan for that? So I applied to the nursing school for the fall of twenty. Was it the fall of twenty? Yeah, the fall of twenty four. Mm-hmm. I'm graduating with my bachelor's in public health this spring. So I'm gonna like I had to mix match and do my prereqs for nursing. Oh, so you, was, yeah. you already got in the nursing school? They uh, so actually, I f- I applied and I find out if I got in in like the next two weeks. Oh, okay. okay. Very they, nerve-wracking. They better accept yeah. you. So I what's so. what's the long term? You want to be a nurse or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I want to be a nurse and hopefully like do travel nursing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think travel nursing is the way to go. Instead of just being at one hospital, you know, get to travel get to all across the world. See about everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that'd be pretty fun. Broadens your horizons. Yeah. So uh, how'd you get into pole vaulting really? You know, that's not very, well, people play a sport, but not really a necessarily super popular sport around here. You know, a lot of people just talk trash about it, but you know, how'd you get into it? Um, so I I did gymnastics for like eight or nine years before this. So like being flexible, being limber and like doing weird stuff, um, athletically was like kind of my alley. And then I got into it when I saw this like article for Demi Payne, who was this pole vaulter at SFA. Um, I saw it in a magazine and my mom was like, you should try this because we wanted to get out of gymnastics because of the time commitment. So then, um, I like talked to the coach at my junior high and so that I don't know I just kind of got into it and started doing it like after school so not really like in the athletic period I would mm-hmm. do it after school so your mom said anything but gymnastics yeah it was just too much of a time commitment <laughs> I did my grades started slacking and like this was like seventh grade so that's how you know it was <laughs> if I couldn't do good in seventh grade and then but I started turning it around after I switched to pole vault yeah, sure. I, know, yeah. Oh, I, I say I know people like Simone Biles you know they do gymnastics and they like don't even do school they like mm, take off yeah. they're yeah. just homeschooled and just do gymnastics so I, I do understand that gymnastics is a bit time, so time commitment so you said junior high was when you started. So you mm-hmm. just went out one day and just grabbed the big stick and just tried. Yeah. How was that? Uh, we kind of like worked into it. I think it was like slowly doing drills. We didn't just like come out one day. The pole vault coach who was there actually knew what he was doing, which was like, <laughs> which was surprising to like for junior high. Cause usually it's just some random football coach who like teaches <laughs> history on the side and just like, just gets thrown into the pool. So it was really nice having the opportunity to be with someone who knows what he's doing. And then finally when we got to pole vault, it was just, I don't know, it just kind of clicked and I was really good at it. So uh-huh. it, it, most people that pole vault, are they just lighter people? I never really see any big people pole vault. Yeah, they're, so. they're kind of light. I mean, to be good, good at pole vault, you got to be like tall. Uh-huh. But, um, I'm a little short, but I mean, as long as you can, you can get on some big sticks, then you'll be good. Why does it help being tall? Um, so like, you know, the A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Mm-hmm. It's like the same concept. So like if you're shorter, so like the pole is here, right? When yeah. you like pull out, the pole is here and then this is you. And like, this is the distance from like the box where you plant it into like where you're standing, mm-hmm. the farther that is out. So like the shorter you are, the farther you have to take off out, which is means, which means it's like harder for you to be able to like get off the ground and move bigger sticks. So you need to be, be taller so you can have a better angle yeah. and have a longer arm so you can place it further so you have more time to bend over like yeah being taller gives you an advantage because <laughs> you're being taller gives in in short term being taller gives you like more of an advantage because you're closer to the bar of where you're trying to get over so you're saying there's a shot for me there a hundred percent honestly a seven if foot you, pole vault if you seven, came out and tried i hundred percent think you seven foot <laughs> 260 of, of pole vault i don't know if i that much yeah. human could get over a a, a pole yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's just that's that's a lot going on right there. Trying that's to get a over. lot. <clears throat> that's for sure. So you said that you were a bit of a natural, so it clicked straight yeah. away. 
Was it something like you fell in love with quickly that you just said, like, this is my jam, like I found mm-hmm. it? I think so, yeah. I think at first meet I like broke the school record that stood for oh, like, wow. f- stood for at least like 10 years. So I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. It was like a like a runner's high almost, but like a jumper's mm-hmm. high. So it was kind of fun. That is being a natural, you know, doing that. Your first meet and everything. I know, it was kind of odd. Uh, so what made you come to Sam? You know, did you have any other offers coming out of high school? Anything? Yeah, I had off. I had offers from a D two in Kansas, Pitt State. They're they're known in Pitt State, isn't that? Didn't Cam go there? Okay, Cam yeah. Left no one there. Yeah, Pittsburgh State um, in Kansas is a it's a pretty good school and it's well known for like winning D two nationals and like being good at pole vault. So I was considering them, and then I was also considering like the Naval Academy and Air Force just because. Mm. I don't know. They kind of, they, I mean, it's like a full ride automatically. When oh, you, you thought there. about serving. Yeah. I, I, that was the one thing I couldn't do is like a little bit too much of a time commitment and that whole idea of it. Some for some people, but not for me. Yeah, definitely. Air Force offered me out of high school too. And yeah, I thought about, I was like, ah, oh, do I really want to serve? Been there, done that. Yeah. Good, it's good thing crazy. to everybody who did serve, like that's yeah. for them, but that's, that's not oh, for me. I mean, after my one year. VMI? Yeah. Man, I respect the hell out of them, mm-hmm. but oh, I couldn't, couldn't do it. That's yeah, it sure. takes a different mental uh, fortitude, I would say, to do that. Mm-hmm. So you um, obviously go through um, high school and you were pretty dang good at it, as from what I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you broke your school's record pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you In 2018, you went to the National Junior Olympic Championships. Yeah, I went like two years in a row. No, two or three. I think three <coughs> years in a row. It was like freshman year. It was in Houston and then... Um, two years in a row, it was in North Carolina for AAU and USATF. So I went yeah. back to back. So that was pretty cool. So do you want to quickly break down that, uh, like for us, because we have no idea what's considered. So that's con- so that you would say is the top pole vaulters in the nation for yeah. your age. I would think so. It's either um, so like there's two kind of governing bodies and forces mm-hmm. for track and field outside of like school, um, and most people who pole vault outside of school do it through like. Um, a private coach and I did it through like some guy in his rinky dink backyard. His name is Don. We love Don. He was my coach for a while. Um, so then there's two like governing bodies and it's like AAU and USATF, which is USA track and field. And mm-hmm. that's like, that can go beyond like high school too. Um, and it like, they both have nationals at the same time, like during the year. And that we just decided to like flip flop and do different nationals, but that would definitely be considered, um, good if you went. Cause there was like, there was like prelims almost there. So there was like a region meet for it and you had to like qualify, like be top two or top three or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is that how most people get recruited uh, through track and field through those USA and those AAU things more, more rather than being at school or pole vaulting? Um, I think it'd be more at, sc- I think it's more at school. Oh really? Yeah. Cause a, Cause a lot of the coaches I know Cutter, my old, the, the coach who came here and he left um, this past year, he went, he would go, like on some of our practice days, he would like he would like leave and go to the, some of these high school meets during our season, so he could like go scout out people. So he would like go to their meets and like sit in the back and like start stalking these not stalking, but you know what I mean, like yeah, scouting, scouting out these kids. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy because you know Louis said in basketball, like for AAU, that's where they check you out, not really school ball. And then we had Colton on a few weeks ago, and he was saying like baseball, you know, they don't care about school, they care about what you do in tournaments. So it's interesting to see that for y'all pole vaulters and track and field stuff. You know, they care about how you do at school and how you do at those meets. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little different than anything else I've done. So <clears throat> you were three-time all-district, three-time all-area, and two-time all-region. Oh, with I didn't a, even know that. With a personal record of 12 feet or 3.65 meters. Mm-hmm. Um, you step onto campus at Sam Houston. 
what was that like? Was it just a jump in terms of, geez, like these people are pretty dang good. I'm not as good as I thought I was. Or maybe your first meet, you're like, wow, I mean, I need to get a lot better. Uh, I think when I first stepped on campus, like, so I came here and there was no girl pole vaulters. So mm-hmm. it was me and another girl. Her name was Kayla. She was a walk-on. She was my roommate. Um, but she's she's not here anymore. She moved on from the sport. But um, I think definitely, like, when – because I had to put it in perspectives when we were practicing between me and her. Um, I think I was, like, I was, like, I'm pretty set. But then when we got to the first meet, I was, like, okay, I think I need to step it up a little. I did okay for my first year. Um, at the indoor conference meet my first – my freshman year, I got sixth. So I got to place and like score some points. So I thought that was pretty awesome. So I thought I thought I was in good. And then, yeah. What's like the starting height for uh, college pole vault? It really depends at the meet. Oh, like, different meets have different starting heights. Yeah, different meets have different starting heights. But I, I would say for the most part, it's somewhere around like three point three point four zero meters. So like, I don't know what that is. I don't know how many feet. Eleven full eleven. Eleven low elevens. Yeah, a low elevens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you're. PR in high school was 12 feet. Like, what's your PR now? Is it? Yeah, it went up. So I got my PR sophomore year of high school, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool. So then I kind of got a little stagnant and stayed there until my sophomore year of college, and I jumped 383, so 12.6 and three quarters of oh, an wow. inch. <laughs> That's too high. <laughs> it's, always, it's always interesting because it's like <clears throat> with our sports, you it's like the eye test is the most important. Like, can I watch you and look? Can I see a player or can I see me and can I see a player? Not like – Oh, he does has this so many tackles, so like he has to be good. Mm-hmm. But with track and field, it's you either have the numbers or you don't. It's yeah. that's what sucks almost. And so yeah. I feel like it's so much more cutthroat. I mean, obviously, it's way more easy to be successful because you're either really good or you're not, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. But like, man, like the pressures of having to meet a number would be so like. Do you experience that a lot? Yeah, like I, I tend to like what's it called? Like choke at the last second. Um, like when it comes to really big meets, I've had that in the past couple of years just cause I like a little, some mental box and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's either you get it or you don't. And mm-hmm. it kind of showed at this past conference meet with some of us. Like, I mean, I, I jumped good, but it just wasn't my day. That's yeah. just how it is. Yeah, definitely. I understand that. But you no, know, we've got outdoor season too, mm-hmm. so we should look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, One more round. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the conference meet at all or anything that happened there? Yeah, I can. So, um, we competed at Liberty this past weekend um so in virginia at our at the conference usa championship we were scheduled to do good i think the boys were tied for first as a team overall they ended up getting second which was which is pretty good but mm-hmm. um it, it was a little disappointing because we were we were so close to winning um and then the pole vaulter specifically i think we did okay as a whole we definitely didn't do great i don't know what kind of happened um the men's pole vault got first second fourth fifth and something else i don't know so it was good on their part but they were expecting to sweep mm-hmm. and so them not sweeping it it was kind of dis- disappointing yeah mm-hmm. is stuff like that pole vaulting is that more just on the mental side you know when you're not doing good than anything physical yeah it's more of like on the mental yeah pole vault's definitely more mental than anything you have to as one of my coach now coach pride he definitely he says um like don't think like think dumb to be mm-hmm. able to be good, you have to think dumb. That's why a lot of these kids now in high school are jumping so high at, at a young age, at a high school. Like now there's some girls who are jumping like like 14 foot in high school. Oh, and, wow. and I'm jumping oh. like 12, 6 right now. So it's just because we we all talked about it at practice and we were thinking like, oh, it's because they haven't had like 
bad instances at practice or like mm-hmm. fa- like fault bad falls and stuff like that or mm-hmm. they don't know enough to know what's going on you know yeah because it's dangerous when you're up there you know mm-hmm. you get on a stick and then you're up high in the air and just you know it's either you're going forward or going back you I'm start sure. thinking mm-hmm. like yeah. there's just bad stuff that can happen and that's definitely happened to me in, in 10 years so have you had ways to get around these mental blocks to kind of psych yourself up for it? yeah i had i was in a mental block for for a year a year year and a half something like that i like had a bad i had a really bad fall my sophomore year like the set the meet after i pr'd mm-hmm. wow. it was, yeah it was upsetting uh, and i stayed in that mental block for for like a year year and a half but what you really have to do is just stop thinking about it like mm-hmm. there's it's not gonna go away it still hasn't gone away like mm-hmm. you just have to like shove it in the back of your mind what that's what coach pride tells me to do and it goes away yeah, it's definitely a strut and something that's difficult to get over. And I don't think a lot of people who aren't athletes, they realize the pressures of being an athlete. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of things is mental. So mm-hmm. there's not much that separates people. And I took, like, as you get more levels, you know, everybody in college is pretty good. Everybody in the NFL or NBA or professional leagues are really good. And I think the things that just separate people are just more on the mental side than any physical ability. You know, everybody's talented mm-hmm. and was the best player at their whatever school or where they came from. So that's yeah. just what I got. Yeah. Do you think pole vaulting gets the credit it deserves? No. No? Why not? Lately in years, it's building up. I just don't. It's a growing sport. And in the past years, it just hasn't gotten the amount of, like, um, media coverage and, like, time on air. And we just, I know a lot of pole vaulters are kind of frustrated, especially when you see at these meets, like, for example, at this past conference meet, like, they did a better job of having, like, individual cameras on individual events, and they learned to do that at NCAA Nationals. Like, you can go on ESPN and watch, um, like, the men's pole vault while at the same time that, like, the shot puts going on or, like, the 100-meter dash. Um, but some of the times they tend to leave out, like, pole vault at some of the other big meets, like, world championships. Like, we want to watch, like so-and-so pole vault at this big meet like one of our alumni Clayton Fritch he competes like overseas a lot and we don't get to see him because they'll be videoing like the 200 meter dash and like or like the 10k on the track and I'm like I don't nobody wants to watch people like go on circles (laughs) people want to watch the pole vault no one wants to watch someone run in circles for like 10 minutes yeah, I agree, because when I was trying, you sent us the link to watch the Conference USA thing, and I was trying to watch it, and I mm-hmm. just kept noticing, like, they only show in sprints. I don't see any, mm-hmm. i never seen any field events. I didn't, you know, watch for hours and upon hours, but, you yeah. know, every time I looked, I was like, it, I just they, keep showing the running. They didn't show the, they didn't film the women's pole vault. They filmed the men's pole vault, but they didn't film the women's pole vault, and it started at one, and they started filming at three. Oh, yeah. It was wow. a little frustrating. Do you think there's a bias towards certain, uh, like, types of events? I don't think so. I mean, I would think that people just like the videographers just tend to go, oh, it's a track event. Let's just film the track. And they think like Mm -hmm. all the field events are just accessories. Maybe, but not. uh. Yeah. Well, one of the things that interests me about track and field is like in a basketball locker room, there's 14, 15 guys. So, you know, those 15 dudes Mm -hmm. pretty dang well. What is it like to share a locker room and be on the same team with so many different types of people and also without the number but such different backgrounds mm-hmm. events yeah. where some of these people you don't even see often yeah. talk about like what's that relationship like i think it's pretty good i mean i don't think any of us have like a bad relationship so like there's the different groups that practice at different times so like there's sprinters that practice at the same time the jumpers do and then there's the distance in the morning and then the multi shortly after them um i think we all have a good relationship like it's good when we get to see each other and I'm, I'm friends with like a lot of the, um, a lot of the sprinters and like mid distance people. And like, I'm really good friends with all of like 
my pole vault like girls who are with me all the time and it's good being able to see like different faces and like when we see them at meets like we get excited because we don't see them every day Mm -hmm. and I think it I don't I wouldn't say it's bad at all I think it's great I love being able to like share the space with someone I don't see all the time Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. definitely I've I've noticed just being outside you know there's girls practicing in the morning there's guys practicing in the afternoon people practicing at night Mm -hmm. people in the weight room so just Just like everybody has just a bunch of different schedules going on here there's not really much room to like be upset or have any like beef because you don't see everybody and then with the time you do it's just like all good things and yeah, then the other time we see him is in, like, the training room, and it's we just, like, jabber on, and it's just good talks. Mm-hmm. A big thing going on with athletics, well, especially football, you know, people have talked people have talked about the track being on the football field mm-hmm. and everything, and I was wondering how to, you know, the track and field athletes feel about that. You know, people talk about, you know, they should move it to somewhere else or they should do, do away with it. You know, what do you think? We were just hoping that they would just, like, I don't know, maybe just, like, renovate it, and then, because I know um, it needs to be renovated. Like, we can't hold track and field meets here for the for the NCAA but you can hold high school meets there if that mm-hmm. makes sense because mm-hmm. um, we don't have a javelin runway and javelin is in the NCAA but not in Texas high school like competitions yeah I, I, thought, I thought it was illegal in Texas to throw javelin mm-hmm. it is yeah okay. so for for high school yeah so that's why we can hold the high school meets there because we don't have a javelin runway mm-hmm. yeah but um yeah what is it like traveling with like pole vaults like in the airport and stuff. Oh, I love talking about this. It's <laughs> actually so fun. I, I, some people might hate me on this, but I love it. I don't know why. I think I just love airports. I'm a big airport person. I love I, traveling. So yeah, I love traveling. Mm. I didn't travel much as a kid, like only when I moved. But um, so when we travel to get poles, when most of the time we'll fly out of hobby. Mm-hmm. So, but when the one time we flew out of um, Bush, I, yeah, Bush, yeah. Um, so I'll give you an example. Like this past weekend, like we have to, so to travel we have to carry the poles and on average we'll have four pole three or four pole cases to fly with Mm -hmm. and we have to check them and they either charge us overweight or oversize um and then most of the time we'll like watch out the window at our gate to make sure the poles get on Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's yeah it's just they don't get on you're not competing (laughs) yeah so that was that was a big we were very worried um when we flew into virginia this past weekend so um getting the poles to virginia this past weekend was great it was like a breeze hobby was fine like we knew what we were doing like um the airport people were really easy and really nice to deal with on the way back we flew we got to the airport at like four o'clock in the morning where'd you fly out of richmond okay yeah so we flew out of richmond um we had to wait for a while because there was some like hockey team that was trying to get on too and there was only one gate for like southwest or whatever like the one people checking bags or whatever um so we got everything done with the poles and we had to, they made us weigh them on, so you know the scale for your suitcases? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They made us put like the four, like the 13, 14 foot long pole case on the thing. <laughs> and there was like people everywhere. You're like almost hitting people going through the airport. So like when you're carrying the case, like, like I, it's like I have a case, someone else has a case and mm-hmm. you're like carrying on your shoulder. You're like dang near hitting people. Yeah. Cause people don't look and they're looking on their phones. So it's like kind of frustrating. Um, so we fly and it's fine. And we didn't even think about like looking for the poles when they get on the airport or on the airplane. So we get in and it'd been like 30 minutes after we've gotten into Houston and like everybody else is waiting on the bus. Like we're waiting for our poles. That's just how it is. Most of the time we'll wait on poles. So we're waiting. We don't, there's no sign of the poles. We're like, okay, let's like talk to the attendant people. So we talk to the attendant people and coach self, our head coach looks over and she's like, oh my gosh. So... We're like, okay, we're trying to figure out what to do. We have to go, like, 
file a claim, do this, do that. So they've lost them. Yeah. They, they originally didn't know where they were. And then so eventually after talking with Coach Self, he was like, okay, they just didn't get on the plane. Mm. They left them in Richmond where they were sitting. So like what we heard was that they loaded the plane with all the luggage. Um, and then they just like forgot about the poles. Oh, wow. So <laughs> the four pole cases and the amount of poles that were on there, it was fifth, it was about 50 grand. Yeah. Worth wow. of equipment in four pole cases. Because, like, you have to keep in mind, one pole was, like, about $700. It was <laughs> It's an expensive sport. So what happened? So um, it was fine. We filed the claim. And then eventually we left. And, like, all the people on the our teammates were like, there's no way they didn't get him. Yeah, we're like. So they told us that we were going to come back that same day and get him. You know how usually if they lose your luggage, they'll ship it to you? Yep. Mm-hmm. They can't ship it to you, huh? They couldn't do that. Because they're oversized. So they were telling us that we have to come back and get it. And (laughs) back to Richmond? No, we had to. to Yeah. Okay. So they they, uh, were like, okay, we're going to put the poles on the next flight. And they put them in and they got in at 8 p.m. So we didn't have to get them that day. But the next day, after like pulling an all nighter for this flight, Mm -hmm. we had to go back, take two of our own personal trucks, and drive up and like strap the poles to. Yeah, and, and take them back home. None of them were broken. They were all good. We were really worried that they'd be broken because they were sitting in the airport for 12 hours. Is that an easy thing to break? Like Yeah. Like, so, so pro, mm, I wouldn't say it's not easy to break, but when it comes to the breaking in airports, yes. Uh, it happens a lot. It's very common because a lot of the people, like, I don't know, a lot of the airport people who mess with the poles, they'll get, they'll try and shove them out on the conveyor belt mm. and they'll get caught on an edge. And it'll snap them yeah. all of them at once. But I just don't get how that can happen. I've seen so many instances in, like, professional people. Um, Casey Lightfoot and, like, a couple of these people and Katie Najat and Katie Moon, who she's called now, they had all of their poles broken and they were on the way to, like, national, like, world championship meets. The entire thing's been broken. It's ridiculous. Oh, is, yeah. that, <clears throat> is that one of those things where, like, you need to have, like, your specific pole? Mm-hmm. Like, you – like. It's no, if you have a different one, you can tell e- like very quickly it's not yours. Yeah, you can, I mean, you can tell by like, um, so like when you ruin your pole vaulting, usually there's like athletic tape on it. So like the Johnson or like whatever y'all use in football, we just like wrap the top of it with it for like grip purposes. Mm-hmm. You can kind of, you can tell or people like write on them and you'll, and there's like different brands too. So like there's like UCS Spirit, there's Altius, there's Essex, Pacer, there's like a lot of different types of poles. So you can, I think it's pretty easy to tell. What's the best pole vaulting brand? Ooh, I don't know. I started on the USCS Spirit, um, but now I jump on Altius. But I would definitely say I think Essex is the best brand. How long have you had the one you had right now for? These are my personal poles. Um, Cutter bought some of them for me, and then one of my teammates, Rachel, her dad, bought some for us to use. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty nice. Um, but I've had those for – I think I got on it. I've just been on these poles that I am right now for, like, a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know, like like a couple weeks, but the other one's like a couple years. Yeah, something <clears throat> that we I talked to you about in one of our episodes was how you transitioned in between three conferences. Now, Bailey, you've experienced the same thing. You mm-hmm. sa- you came in your freshman year in Southland, and now you're in Conference USA. What are your viewpoints athletically, or as a, like a student athlete, have you seen from the three different changes in conferences? Um, I would definitely say that. I've seen, I've seen a lot of changes and the South one I would say is pretty like laid back. It was really like chill. I didn't really see much like oversight or anything like that. The WAC was like a little bit of a, 
a little bit more oversight. It was just a little yeah. bit more chaotic. Wax, wax felt very unorganized, in my opinion. Yeah. Although they, although they were a little more like a uh, more uh, what's the word present? Pro- like, yeah, more yeah. present than Prominent. the Southland, but they're just kind of out of order. Really, it was yeah. just a little bit all over the place, even from like an athlete standpoint, where I wasn't dealing with all the the people that he was. And then I like the way Conference USA is run. It's very organized. There's mm-hmm. a lot of involvement, and like I feel like it's definitely getting a lot of coverage for Sam Houston, and it's going to benefit us in the future. Yeah, they've done a great job, especially uh, you know putting us on TV and giving us opportunities mm-hmm. for you know all the athletes who never really had a chance. You know, all the track and field athletes, football guys, basketball people. You know, were playing just on ESPN Plus. You know. They get a chance to be on, you know, live TV like CBS or ESPN and stuff like that. So I think that's very cool, and I'm I'm kind of I'm glad we're in a new, this conference. Would too. you Would you say the competition's definitely better, like yeah. than the Southland? Yeah. How the, like the exponentially? South, yeah, the Southland. So for the women's pole vault specifically, if I want to talk on that, Southland would I would say is pretty, was relatively easy, and then the whack. I was like, okay, it's a little more difficult. The men's pole vault in Conference USA was not hard. Mm-hmm. That's why we thought and predicted that all of our men were going to sweep, um, but the women's pole vault hard, ridiculously really? hard. There's some pole vaulters oh out there. Oh my! The women. So if this gives you an oversight, so like there were 19 women in the conference competition. Mm-hmm. There were nine men. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Uh, so it was like 19 women competing for the spot, and there was like nine of them who'd all jumped the same height. It was chaotic. And then, like, the number one girl jumped, like, 14-something. And then the other one, there was, like, three girls over 14 or something like wow. that. And then another girl over 13. So it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So it's 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 really good. How much does it go up each uh, time? Um, mm, That's a good question. So it'll start at, like, a height. And most of the time for the first, like, three heights, it'll go by 15 centimeters. Mm-hmm. Um. So it'll go for 40, 55, and then it'll go for 15 centimeters. And then eventually when it gets to like a certain height when there's only like two or three people left, they'll go by tens. And then sometimes if it's like one, they'll go by like fives. Uh, trying to get them done. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you could arguably be the figurehead of NIL deals at Sam Houston. You've <laughs> got what, three or four NIL deals? I don't think more than that. I'm getting one, another one right now with game, really? with game time. You got to put us on. Wow. We need <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I can't because I'm international. Oh, yeah. They hate, just, they hate international <laughs> people. But well, can you get one for the Cat's Eye podcast? Please, we need to get a sponsor. Please. Yeah, but we could so do the yeah, just, just place places, just a Gatorade bottle just there. Just the sit down. Yeah. Gatorade, if you're listening. I have please. a lot. I don't know. I think my first one was like, what was it? Hey, dude. I think my first one was Hey, dude. Um, my second one was, well, what was my second one? Post game through post game, like mm-hmm. I've done all of this through post game. So post game's an app. Yeah, post game's an app that you can like sign up for nil deals to be able to get the possibility of getting them. So I thought that was nice, and so I loved going through them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so they, did you just reach out one day, be like, hey, like I would love to help like grow the brand, and they're like, yeah, sure, like you like sign up. So there's like a place where any athlete can sign up. So like y'all don't even have to like message them, message them at all. All you have to do is like sign up, get the app, create your profile, and then you can start signing up for stuff. And they also do things like, I think they do, they do a lot of like, not not Bitcoin, but mm-hmm. they have their own version of like mm-hmm. cryptocurrency. So I think mm-hmm. they do something like that too. So you can make a little money off of that. So what, talk about some of the deals that you have right now. I think one of my first ones was Hey Dude. So I really love doing that Did one. Did they send you some shoes? 
Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. What's that, dude? There's a, like a shoe, like yeah, uh, comfortable shoe clothing. Looks oh, like okay. I would say like beach shoes. Huh? You want me to show? Them? Yeah. You yeah, can I can show, yeah, I can show them. Um, so that was one of my first deals, and one of the ones I'm like working with right now. I haven't really got the specifics on it. It's through Game Time, um, and they it's like a ticketing thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm really Geek. excited to what comes <laughs> so with you that. Get, so you get like you so you get like some free stuff to events. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I think so. It's like they give you. I think they'll give you a little bit of cash, and then they'll give you um, some other stuff to events to promote. Um, so like when I say you, you need to be like I. You give me a. a Go to the shops or something. That's what the hey dudes look like. Oh, so they're like yeah. the um, the little slip ons, like the yeah. boat shoes kind of. I see all the baseball players. Yeah, all the yeah. baseball players have those, and then I have to. They look meant at to be this. really comfortable, no? They look comfortable. comfortable. I wear a size fourteen though. I don't know if they have fourteen. Yeah, I'm a 14, 15 I'm as well. Five and a half in men or something wow. like that. Four and a half. Oh gosh, you got little feet. Yeah, I do. Um, and then another one was post game, so I like advertised post game so other people could see it. Mm-hmm. And that was another deal I got. Well, I got a look. You're with CBS now, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the big boy. <laughs> this is the big dog one. Yeah, yeah. big fa- big farmer right there. Yeah. So I got a. They gave me um, some free ibuprofen, huh? Yeah. They gave me like a certain amount of money to go be able to spend, and um, and then I would like advertise it. So like, let me see what else I got. I don't even know what I got from Man, this. Man, I'm I'm not doing it. So right. what? You just could, like be like, you've got. So much money to spend on CVS and then mm-hmm. just take a picture with your bags and yeah, it's it, that's pretty much it. It's pretty simple. Um, all I had to do is like post a story on Instagram, post a a post on physical post on Instagram, and then I think I posted a reel on my Instagram. But mm-hmm. it's either that or like you post a reel on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I opted to do the TikTok one, and that was pretty cool. I got I got a lot of a lot of stuff out of that, so I'm very very thankful. And then I got what was my what about our knots. Oh, I love the Arnold's one. So, so what's, what is Arnold's? That's a little uh, fa- Arnold fast food, like a yeah. re- It's like a rinky-dink Cajun place Cajun that's place. run by um, Brittany Arnold here in Huntsville. Arnold's. It's on Montgomery. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Yeah, you you definitely passed it. It's the like the uh, the shop of what's it called? What's that called? Uh, food trucks. Food yes. trucks. It's like the the group of food here. Let me. Oh, um, yeah. uh, it's down the road from like Dairy Queen, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. by that um the the church with the barbecue place. Yeah, I need to try that place. I just know Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. I heard that place is amazing. People say it's good. They got some good seafood over um, there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, I've actually been meaning to try that place. So it's a bun- bunch of different like food trucks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like. I think the Arnold's has like a Arnold's coffee. They sell um, like mixed drinks and alcohol too. They sell a lot mm. of Cajun food, a lot of boiled stuff, a lot of fried stuff. And then they have like a barbecue place there too that's not run by the same people mm-hmm. and a lot of other stuff so too. So if I go to, uh, to the Cajun kitchen and be like, I know Bailey Cotton. You could say like my code. I think it's like Bailey. Oh, we got a promo code? Wait, wait. <laughs> Bailey 10 at checkout. What is it? Let me type it right now. <laughs> Bailey 10? Wait, no, no, no. Hold on. I can find it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Bailey 30. Bailey, Bailey 30. 30 for 30% off, hopefully. <laughs> I think, yeah, hold on. And Ooh, no, it's like half off a daiquiri. I th- hold on. Ooh, let me give you the, the specifics. Uh oh. Let me give you all the specifics <laughs> and on it's, this. And it's almost the weekend. Uh oh. Okay, here, hold on. Let me skip. I gotta, I'm scrolling back to all our messages. If it'll load, I gotta go back along. Okay, wait. So, how did this one come about? Um. So, they were advertising their, uh, their ambassador program and i was like okay i'm trying to get into nil this is wonderful i love arnods arnods mm. loves me <laughs> i go a lot so i reached out and then they eventually they thought it was a perfect fit because they wanted someone who posts a lot on their social media to advertise okay so if you use my code bailey 40 
Bailey, 40, 40%, 40% off. You can, you can get uh, a 15, oh no, a 16 ounce daiquiri for five bucks. Okay. $1 off coffee or lemonade. And I think there's something else with the food too, but she didn't say. I'm all for that. Uh, anyone in the Huntsville area, please check out, uh, support the local businesses and you get some cheap uh, drinks. So. It's pretty cheap. Five bucks for a 16 ounce daiquiri and they're pretty good. She's got sure. different ones running every day too. Is, so. that, is that your favorite drink, daiquiri? I think I would think so. Either a daiquiri or a margarita, but they don't really. What's have the difference between a daiquiri and a margarita? If I'm being know. honest. I, uh, I thought. <laughs> I, I think when a daiquiri has like I think a daiquiri has vodka and a, uh, ma- and a margarita has tequila and some something else. Somebody a daiquiri is a cocktail whose main ingredients are rum, citrus juice, yeah. and sugar rum? or other sweet. Rum. I didn't know it was rum. Oh, I don't know much about. I don't, I'm not a big drinker. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't look at me. Like don't look at me. Margaritas oh are made with tequila <laughs> yeah. and sweetened with triple sec, while da- daiquiris are made with white rum and simple syrup. Okay, oh. we learned something new today. Yeah. Maybe we might need to go on like a drinking, like oh a taste taste test, a wine test, oh a wine tasting. We could podcast. go get some of the what's it called, the daiquiris, and y'all can bring them and taste test. Yeah. <laughs> I would, we might have to set it up. Maybe you set like a live studio out in the, <laughs> by the that'd food be a good, truck. That'd be a good I episode. I would love that. that uh, that'd be dangerous by the end of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'd remember anything of what we'd be saying. We'd just be slurring our words. But Yeah. Once you start tasting a couple, they all start tasting oh, the same. They, yeah. they go down too easily, huh? Yeah. Oof. Bailey, uh, who was like the goat pole, goat pole vaulter? Like who's like the recognized like being the best? Like LeBron's the best basketball player by far. And then Tom Brady's the best <laughs> football Ma- player by far. So it's like. Mondo. Maldu? Mondo Duplantis. Mondo Duplantis. Luke Duplantis, if they say Is that it. in French? Yeah, so... Oh. No, 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 uh, no, Sweden. Sweden. <sighs> so Mondo his his mom is from... Yeah, so he's the current world record holder. He broke... Um, I can't remember. He went to LSU? Yeah, he did. Oh. He ran at LSU and then forgoed some of his years of eligibility to go pro. He was born in Louisiana. Only 24. Yeah, he's young. And then he, uh, his mom is from Sweden, so he opted to represent his the country of his what? mom. Why would he not? What about, what about Katie Moon? Katie Moon is one of my favorite people. I met her, and I got like an old autograph thing from her in my room. She's definitely one of my. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, another example of Lewis knows both. They didn't know your pole vault knowledge. We love Man. Katie Moon. Katie Why, Moon. Yeah. Let me look at her. I too. met her when she was Katie Najat. Najat. So, so oh. before she was became married. She is the she won the Olympics and she also won the world championships. Five eight. Like you said, she's tall. She is tall. Yeah, it's pretty tall. Armand is five Armand is five eleven. Yeah, he's, he's not tall. he's a beast though. He can he can get on some big sticks. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so crazy. His <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, that, it's I definitely it's pole that. vault phrase. It's pole, pole vault phrasing. Yeah, pole vault phrasing. A lot of pole sure. vault phrasing is a little weird. Pole pole vault and fiberglass, is that what you guys use? It depends. A lot of like the older poles and like UCS spirits like fiberglass mm-hmm. and then now carbon fiber or something like that. Makes yeah. Sense. Very super flexible, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had like in practice one just snap on you? Yes. Oh, yeah. I see why. Like when ball. like you're at the very top of it and it just snaps. And hold on. I got, I have lots of, lots of receipts. I don't have a video of me doing it, but lots of times it can, um, like turn down the. If you have a video or a picture, you can send it to us and we can put it on our, uh, Instagram Oh, yeah. That would be a good idea for people yeah, to see. Here. Hold on. Um, Man, pole vaulting I, is scary. I don't know. That would be it. no, because um, I went to uh, one of the men's uh, Dalton. I went to school with him. Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. Dalton. Da- Smith? Dalton. Dalton. Really? Dalton. 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 Yeah, I went. I went to school with him. In Virginia. 
uh, in uh, New Mexico. Mexico. Uh-huh. Oh my um, gosh, you did. Yeah, because he went to New Mexico Junior. I was literally just sitting next door with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great, great lad. I used to, uh, we used to lift at the same time in the mornings. Uh-huh. And I just be, be see him. And like, I didn't like, just look across the weight room and he'd just be doing some crazy exercises. And I'd Paul be like, a little, uh, a little. I was like, I was like damn, this dude's training to be Batman. Oh, I was like, I can send this to y'all too, but here's one. This is my teammate, Emma. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no, I yeah. got another one. Hold on. Oh, this one's even, this well, one might be better. For those that obviously can't see, because just me and Jay, we'll put on our Instagram and uh, you'll be able to see it. It's pretty gnarly. I can't lie. Uh, I don't, I got to turn my phones <clears throat> sideways oh my for this. Okay. How does it just snap? It just like, yeah. So pressure? hold on. Oh, so like there's, there's a couple different ways pulls can break. So depending on how many pieces and where it breaks from, that's, that'll tell you how it broke. So like if it's in one piece, then it probably, someone probably spiked it. So spiked it, it, what does that mean? So like, you know, the spikes that you wear, Oh yeah. like someone accidentally stepped on it. Per- uh, someone probably didn't do it on purpose, but some, I mean, sometimes that happens, but, uh, somebody probably spiked it. But if it's in multiple pieces, um, then it, it just probably was like wear and tear. Mm-hmm. How many have you? Good. How many have you broken in your career? One, just one, one, and it was la- two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a little. It was a little scary, and it was in one piece. So I'm assuming somebody stepped somebody, on somebody stepped on it. So no, yeah, it was in one piece. Yeah. So someone owes owes you a thousand dollars, basically. Someone owes me some. It was mine, thank goodness. The school oh. buys these pools. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of the times, um, either the school buy them or. Um, one of my teammates, Rachel Majeski, her dad buys us some poles for us to use because mm-hmm. uh, he wants to provide for us. I don't know. So he'll buy us some of these poles mm-hmm. and we that's, get to use them. That's great. Well, Bailey, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Obviously, we know very little to nothing about pole voting. Mm-hmm. So thank you for educating us and obviously the viewers. Do you have anything else you want to say? You want to shout out your social medias, any other NIL deals, the other 40 that you probably have that you need to make some money on? I don't think so, but yeah, my Instagram, Bay Cotton with an extra N at the end, B-A-I-C-O-T-T-E-N-N. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> so That's follow. about it. Yep. You my, have anything else, Jay? No. Uh, you know, we'll be right back to finish our last segment. Uh, Bailey, thank you again for coming on. We appreciate it. It thank was you. awesome. Thank you all. I really yeah, had fun. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll be back right after the break. Hey, Bearcat fans, if you're looking to keep up with the cats, be sure and head to the Apple Store and download the all-new Bearcat Sports app. It is your one place to stay in touch with Bearcat Athletics, including game recaps, highlights, and live audio streaming of Sam Houston football and basketball. It is also a spot to be able to listen to your favorite Sam Houston podcast, including BSN Extra and the new Players Only Cat's Eye Podcast. Check it out in the App Store. Search for Bearcat Sports. Eat them up, cats. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode. You know, it was awesome having Bailey on here. She taught me and I know definitely Louie a lot about pole vaulting and, yeah. you know, just all the travel and stuff that goes with it. You know, it sucked breaking your pole or losing your pole at the airport. Like, it's uh, just scary. Yeah. I mean, so much money that you could lose, but also... It, the the money that you put into it could backfire and damn near kill you. Yeah, that's crazy. It's good to see people have passion for their sports. You know, yeah. I I can't imagine being up that high on the air on a stick and might be falling back down. Yeah, a lot of respect for the people that uh, that do that. Um, obviously, um, it's a hard thing to do, no matter how big or small you are. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, I certainly le- I learned a lot and had good conversation and um, definitely be making sure to get myself a daiquiri this weekend. I don't yeah. know about you. Uh, not maybe not this weekend. Maybe next one. Sp- weekend. Spring break starts soon. I'll be I'll be relaxing a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. This is ep- episode thirteen. Um, hopefully, nah, episode fourteen is coming very soon. Yep, it will be. Uh, make sure we get more coverage for these uh, pole vaulters and other track and That's field sports. For sure. That's one thing. Put we some did. respect on their name. Yeah, too many talented young women and young ladies out there for us not to be showing love for them. That's for sure. But. Uh, that's all for me. You got anything else, Jay? Nah, man. It was good to see you. Let's get this dub on Saturday and let's uh, let's keep it going. For sure. Anyway, thank you guys, people. Uh, we'll see you soon. Hopefully next week. And uh, keep breezing, mate. Take care. Easy. The Cat's Eye Podcast is recorded in the BSN studios at the Wood Forest Bank Athletic Center. Today's episode was written by Lewis Rowe and Jalen Phillips. This episode is produced by Jason Barfield. All music is courtesy scottholmesmusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network. Yes, uh, we're back. Well, he's not back because he's. I think he's dead. I think he might be passed out in the bathroom. But um, yeah, the NCAA tournament. It's going to be real interesting. I think uh, McNeese State is a big pick, obviously outside of Sam Houston State. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a big one. Uh, in our region, Colin, would we? How's it work? Would we play teams in our area? So we would probably, because we'd most likely be, oh, here we go. We got special guests, Colin, the producer. We would um, we would probably be a 15th seat, you reckon, if we won? Uh, so you are, y'all are slated as a 15th seat in the Midwest. Oh, oh, he's back. No, carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on. So y'all will be a, according to ESPN's Joe Lenardi black bracketology. The man? Yes, uh, one of the man. Mm-hmm. Um I'll be a 15 seed in the Mid-South region, Midwest region, rather, going up against Marquette and Shaka Smart. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Tyler Kolek, <laughs> he apparently he can't read. That's the word on the street. That that was a fake story. Yeah. That was a fake no, story. A, there's, there's, uh, like a, there's like a propaganda from like big East fans that say that he's like illiterate and he can't like – Pass his classes and stuff. You know what? How disrespectful of our producer to exactly. be inter- interrupting it. That's for sure. <laughs> wow. Nah. Okay. Just keep it rolling. Come, come you, back, Joe. You can come. No, you you just got you can't put a lot of stress on the voice. You know, you got to talk f- naturally, fluently, like yeah. And Lewis Rowe is underneath in the restricted area, and he slams it down. Wow. <laughs>